Bible with you this morning. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, and uh, we are going to continue our study that we've been in the last couple of weeks on responding to God's word. Genesis chapter 15 and 16, we're going to see a name for God this morning that hopefully it will impact exactly where you are, no matter if you're on the top of the mountain or if you are in the midst of the darkest valley. Riverbend's vision statement for responding to God's worth, I believe, will be on the screen, and it is also on a bulletin, the bulletin that um, you received this morning. Let me read it off of the bulletin for us, and let's uh, talk about this topic this morning. Riverbend's vision, responding to God's worth. We, that's Riverbend, that's us as a collective body, and that's Also us as individuals or individual members of this body, we are vibrantly responding in joy to who God is, what he's done, to what he has said. Having experienced him, that's salvation as a member of River Bend, and uh, I don't know that I'm not trying to get ahead of myself for those that are going to come to basics class, you'll hear this again, but... River Bend is is a body of believers. It's not just a, a group of people. It's it's saved men and women, boys and girls who've accepted Christ. And so having experienced Him, being enabled by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we worship Him both gathered as the body and scattered in homes and individually, presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. We live lives of worship. To the only worthy one through prayer, the reading of the word, giving, singing, and serving. Heavenly Father, I bow before you and God, I ask that as our focus is responding to your worth this morning. Father, as our lives are going in every single direction, at every type of speed. Father, would you allow us to uh, close all of that out for the next few moments? Lord, would you allow me, would you allow us to see your word? Father, I know what passage we're going to look at, and it's some 5,000 years old, the events that took place were some 5,000 years ago, Lord. But Father, it is real for 2014 in Hernando, Mississippi, in DeSoto County. Father, it is real in my life and is for all of our lives. That we would understand that you, you are the God who sees. So Lord, would you show us that? Would you allow us to 
to see just one characteristic, one attribute of who you are. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. It happens uh, all the time. It, it happens so much. You see a, a young lady, you know that they are dating this guy, the, the relationship is getting more, it's not the right word, but the relationship is getting stronger and stronger, and then one day, you see her, and her left hand just won't, I mean, there's something heavy on, on that hand, and and she you know, she's trying to hide it and she's trying to put it in her pocket or in her purse. No, there is a rock on her left hand because somebody has stated to her that they love them, they love her, they want to spend the rest of their life with her, and they have given her a ring to show that. And if you were to look at that ring, you were to look at the diamond and you were to see the different facets of that diamond. If, if you put it on a black cloth and shine a light on it and you just turn it from one side to the other, there are so many facets on that diamond and it shimmers and it shines so brilliant. Today I want us to look at a facet and shine the light on this name of God. Look with me in Genesis chapter 15. I know last week we looked uh, somewhat, I'm not going to do the whole of the history going back and, and forth between Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 17 where we were last week, but I, I do want us to look at chapter 15 for just a few moments, and then chapter 16 will be where we spend most of our time this morning. The first few verses in Genesis chapter 16 read, after these things, after what things? After God called Abraham out Abram out of the land of the Chaldean or the Chaldeans after he had moved to Haran after he had um, buried his father after Lot had uh, started arguing with him and had moved down toward Sodom after God brought fire and destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah after Abram rescued Lot in chapter fourteen after these things. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. I am your reward. Your, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, Oh Lord God, what, what will you give me? For I continued to be childless. And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, excuse me. 
And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a, a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven. Number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And this next verse, verse number six, is one of the strongest, one of the most meaty, one of the greatest verses in the Old Testament for salvation. Out of all of the 39 books in the Old Testament, this verse, and he, Abram, believed the Lord. He believed Yahweh. He believed Jehovah. And he, Jehovah, Yahweh, God, the Lord, counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham's been in the land of Canaan for some time and God still is working on his time schedule, not Abraham's time schedule. And he has promised him now multiple times, two times at this passage. In chapter 12 and now also in chapter 15, he has promised that he would be with child, that he would give him a child, give him an heir. And Abraham is still waiting. But in his waiting... He believes, and God counts it to him as righteousness. Fast forward to chapter 16. Let me read chapter 16 for us, and I, I need to read all 16 verses so you and I can see this story. Some more time has passed, and now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant, and it might be, it may be, that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went in to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw, this is Sarah, when Sarah saw that she, Hagar, had conceived, she, Sarah, looked with contempt, on her mistress. And Sarah went to Abram. May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to you, uh, to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord's judge between you and me. 
let me just stop there. This is not a sermon for you wives on, man, we're just doing, the guys, we're just doing what you tell us and then you get mad at us for doing it. This isn't that. That's another day. The angel of the Lord, verse 7, excuse me, uh, verse 6, but Abram said to Sarah, behold, your servant, this is, he's pointing at Hagar, she's in your power, you do to her as you please. And Sarah dealt harshly with her, and Hagar, she fled from her. So you get the picture, you get the scene. They're impatient. Sarah's like, there's no way that God's going to come through. He, it's been 10 years since he's promised this afresh and anew to us. There's no way I'm getting older and older. I'm in my 70s now. There's just absolutely no way that this is going to happen. I'm past the years of childbearing. So, Abram, take Hagar. And Abram takes Hagar. And when he does, she conceives... Sarah gets mad. Hagar also, if you look there in verse number 5, she is looking down on Sarah. Sarah is mad. Sarah deals harshly with her. And Hagar leaves. And where is she going? She is going all the way back to her homeland. She's trying to find that safe place. Mom and dad. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur, that is a place in Egypt. And he said, this is the angel of the Lord speaking, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from? And where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarah. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. The angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name God hears. Ishmael. Because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man. His hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. He shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she, Hagar, called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are el ro or El-Roi. For she cried, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Beer Lahay Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bereed. 
and Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. say, all right, Brian, that happened numbers of years ago. What does that have to do with me? Here's what I believe it has to do with you and me. As we are looking on the topic of responding to God's word, this is a passage. Both of these are passages in chapter 15 and chapter 16 to show us facets attributes, characteristics of who our God is. And if we're going to respond to Him, we must understand who He is that we are responding to. And this gives weight and glory to the one true living God. The first point this morning is this. God finds us. God sees exactly where you are. Some of us, some of us here today, we don't want God to see us. Some of us here today, we we don't want God to know where we are. We're trying our very best, like Hagar was, to run from the situation, to run from the problem, to run from the issue at hand, and we are doing our level best to get out of proverbial dodge. And God sees us, and God finds us exactly where we are. When God found Hagar, she was in the middle of the desert. When God found Hagar, she was on her way oh, back to a place that she didn't need to go back to. And God found her. You know, when, when God finds you, a couple of things need to happen. You need to understand that when He finds you, He gives us a command. He gave her a command. What did He say? He, he said, hey, Hagar, how are you? Everything's fine? Yep. Oh, nope, it's not. Okay, just keep doing what you're doing. No. When God finds you, When he gets through my thick skull, when he gets through your, into your gray matter, there's always a command. Here is the response and the command. Return to your mistress and submit. Return to her and Submit. Two words that Hagar didn't want to hear. She didn't want to hear return, number one. Why? Because Sarah was 
harsh with her. Sarah probably chided her. Sarah probably cut her eyes at her. She probably opened her mouth toward her. She probably yelled at her. She might have thrown things at her. She fled from her because Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar. And the first words out of the Lord's mouth was return. Some of you have some tough situations that are in front of you and you're like, I just I don't like confrontation. I, I, I don't even want to make the phone call. I don't want to talk. I don't want to, at the workplace, I just go the long way to the break room or the long way to get outside because I don't want to have to go past them. Return and submit. Literally, those two words could mean repent. They do mean repent and humble. Repent your, from the direction that you're going, from the actions that you're doing. Repent from the words that you're saying, the attitudes that you're having, and humble yourself back in that situation. But what you and I need to understand is not only do we see that the Lord has commands, but He also has blessing if you look there in verse number 11 he says if you're going to do this verse 10 i will multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude ishmael is the father of present day arabs some five thousand years later these promises continue to come about. Out of Ishmael, there are now some 300 million descendants. The whole peninsula of Arabia, the Middle East, even into southern Asia, are all descendants from this one man. God finds us. But not only does he find us, he's faithful to bring about his promises. God sees, second point this morning, God sees and he provides. Verse 13. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke spoke to her, El Roy. God who sees. You and I need to come to this point this morning, as Hagar did. If you and I are going to respond to his words, if you and I are going to come back to him, if we're going to return and submit, humble ourselves, we need to understand that he is the one who sees and he is the one who provides. He's the one who provides financially for you. He's the one who provides spiritually for you. He's the one who provides emotionally for you. He's the one who provides mentally, physically for you. He is the one to meet every single one of our needs. I don't know what your week's been like. 
Maybe your week has been extremely busy. Maybe the last time that you looked at black words on a white page out of the Bible was last Sunday. Maybe it was this morning and it's fresh and vibrant. Maybe your ears are not attentive and they're dull. But God is saying to you and he's saying to me, both and those that are fresh and those that are dull. He's saying, I am here. I see you. I provide for you. Would you please? Come back. A third point. is just a reminder. That God hears and he saves. He saved Hagar that day. Saved Abram. Saved Sarah. And he desires to save you. Verse number 11, behold, you're pregnant. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. And Hagar bore Abram a son and Abram called his name, called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. For the Lord hears and he saves. We're going to have a time of response and the response is going to be threefold. The first response is going to be you silently bowing your head. And in that moment of silence, calling out to the Father because He hears you. Asking the Father, Lord, is there something that I need to return from? Is there something that I need to repent of? Is there something that I need to humble myself before you? Is there an action, a word, a, an attitude, something that you've told me to do that I haven't done? Is there something that I, I have done that you told me not to do? And just come back to Him. All the time knowing that He sees. He is El Roy. And I know in our language, that is, in our southern vernacular, that is uh, something, well, is he a redneck? He is the God who sees. Second response is going to be a time where we, as believers in Christ, come to his table and we remember the sacrifice that he gave for us and so we'll have the Lord's Supper and then after that we will respond and the invitation is for you and for me to see God for who he is and there'll be a couple of songs that we sing but now I would like for us just to pray just come to him and maybe John will put some light music on and let's just spend some time Praying. If you need to come to the front and pray now, you're more than welcome to come and just physically bow as we bow our heads.
and pray. And I'll close us in just a moment and lead us in a time of remembrance with the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow and God, I'm so thankful that you are a God who transcends. You are above all things. You are sovereign. Yet, Father, you are also. God, who is imminent, you are one who is omniscient, you know all things, there's nothing that I can hide from you, there's nothing that any of us can hide from you, you know the truth of every single thing in the universe that you created. You are omnipotent, you are all-powerful, almighty God. Father, you are omnipresent. There is no place that you are not. Father, the psalmist states, if I make my bed in the highest of heavens or if I make my bed in the depth of Sheol, Lord, you are there. Father, there's no closet in our mind or in our lives that You don't know about. Lord, I pray that every single one of us who are about to remember you, the actions that you have done for us, God, that our hearts. be right for you have not changed you are the same yesterday today and forevermore you are the same God who spoke with Abram 
some 5,000 years ago and you are the same God who is here today and you will not allow sin to go unpunished. Sin that has been done in secret or sin that has been done out in the open. You discipline me. You discipline us. Father, would we come? Repent, confess, humble ourselves before you, our great God. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your son. Thank you for what he has done for us. God, as we remember that today, as we remember his body being broken, as we remember his blood being shed, Father, would it draw us closer and closer to you? I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. second response this morning is that of the Lord's Supper. It is an act of worship. It is responding to Him for what He has done, for who He is. Us remembering the acts of the cross. So I want us to come today as believers. If you are a born-again believer, we invite you to come. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come. And I'm going to ask uh, this section to come first. You come here, you can grab a uh, cup and also a, uh, a piece of bread, and then you can go back to your seat. So you come if you want to join us this morning.
supper he said while they were eating Jesus took bread and after a blessing so let's give thanks for it father thank you that your son was stretched out on a cross that his body was broken that he died a death that that I deserved that we deserved my body should have been broken, our bodies, but he took our place. After a blessing, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup. When he had given thanks, so let's give thanks for the cup as well. Father, the life of every being is in the blood. Without the shedding of sin, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You have stated that a number of times in your 
work. The precious, sinless, perfect blood of Jesus was shed for sinful broken human beings. Thank you. Thank you that you demonstrated your love that while I was a sinner, while we were sinners, Christ died for us and shed His blood. He gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Father, we are grateful today. We are grateful for who you are, our Lord, our God, and our King. We're grateful today because of what you have done for us. Allowing your Son Pay the price to buy us back, to reconcile, reconcile us, to redeem us to yourself. Father, there is nothing that we could do but you. You did it for us. So Lord, as we respond to you. May we be reminded of your great worth as we sing songs that lift high your name, that direct us to your name, that, that show us who you are, that show us what you have done. God, would we come with the lips, with our lips and praise your name. Church family, the invitation is for you. You can come forward and bow and pray. You can stay exactly where you are and pray. You, you and I just need to obey Him. I'm going to stand, ask you to stand and ask you to sing and respond to His Word this morning.